And go, me, go with me in the word of God to the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Amen. Time for the main course. Don't get it twisted. Amen. It ain't because I'm preaching. It's because where I'm preaching from. We enjoy the music and we, we appreciate the fellowship and we, we value the experience of coming to church. Amen. But we come for the word. There's something about the Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. Psalm 19. The testimony of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, making wise the simple. How good are they? More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. (laughs) He said it's better than gold, it's better than the finest gold. Sweeter also than the honey and then the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, by them, the laws, the statutes, the commandments, the testimonies. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Come on, pastor. Look, thank God for fellowship. Thank God for music. Thank God for the experience. But this book right here is what warns you about life. Psalm 19. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Turn to the person beside you and say, you need to be warned about some things. Okay? That's what, that's what the Bible does. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. Psalm 19. And in keeping of them. Well, it's not, wait, don't lose it. The law, the testimony, the statutes, the commandments, the judgments, all this in this book is all in there. This book got laws in it. Amen. This book got commandments in it. Judgments in it, statutes in it, testimonies in it. How much I need? All of it. Why? Because moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them, Psalm 19, there is great reward. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. If I had to pick one, I'd sleep through the music and stay awake during the preaching. If I get to pick both, I stay awake for both of them. They'll both help you. But after the beat dies, you better have some statutes, some laws, some commandments, some judgments, and some testimonies. Because when the devil come up to you, you keep singing to him, no matter what may come. No, you better not sing him no song. You better give him some laws, statutes, judgments, testimonies, and commandments. Thy songs have I sung in my head that I might not sing. No, no, no. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. Come on, you can't open your Bible all day long or you're going to be a sorry employee and a horrible driver. But if you had it in your heart, you can keep it while you drive and med- meditate on it while you work. Somebody say amen. So you need the main course. Stay awake. Stay awake. I'm liable to call you out. Call you out. You say you don't know your name. I'll describe your features. <laughs> not really yeah really alright First Timothy chapter number 6 our theme for 2023 is what fight the good fight, fight the good fight of faith 
lay hold on eternal life. We talked about that last week, didn't we? Verse 12. Y'all didn't tell you the verse, did I? Verse 12. You've been around here for weeks. You should know the verse. You should have been telling the person beside you. It's verse 12. Now let's see if we can finish the verse. At least get a little bit further in it. You notice I'm not in a hurry to get through these verses. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Now look at the next few words. Whereunto thou art also called. Hmm. That's important. Whereunto thou art also called. Last words. And hast professed. Now the tense of that verb. Hast professed. It's what we call perfect tense. It means it's already been completed. This is something you have already professed before many witnesses. How many believe that words matter? So around here we believe every word in the Bible is important. We preach through the verses, verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, expositionally, as God gave them in the context in which they were written because it is absolutely impossible and impractical for a pastor to expect his members to live out a Bible they don't understand. So, let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me be a blessing to these thy people. I love you because you first love me. Now make a difference through the preached word like only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Paul, the apostle, is writing to Timothy, his son in the faith. This is a young man. A young man pastoring a congregation of people much older than he is. A young man standing in in a very intimidating, daunting position. And yet, those are not excuses for failure. Look at this moment. You don't get off the hook from doing challenging things just because they're challenging. Well, it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to read my Bible every day. It's hard to to, to stay pure. It's hard not to lose my temper. It's hard to work with people that get on my nerves. You find me something in life that you do well that's not hard. It's hard to be married. It's hard to raise kids. It's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a human. In this crazy world. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul is looking at a young man, 2 Timothy. He talks about God has not given him the spirit of fear. So obviously, fear was something he was dealing with. We get the implication he was a timid young man, a shy young man, stepping into this huge task that was bigger than he is. By the way, the Christian life is bigger than we are. We are trying to live a life that is bigger than we are. That's why we got to let Christ live through us. Somebody say amen. So he says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Contend. Defend. 
defend, stand your post, man your position. We're not talking about being out in combat. We're talking about being in a contest. We're not talking about the guy who's in the, the arena of the field. We're talking about the guy who's an athlete running the race in that fight, defending the truth, standing forward this, for this Bible, the precious word of God. How many believe this Bible is worth fighting for? Sure it is. So it says, fight the good fight of faith, Timothy. Now, how am I going to do that? Purposely flee certain vices. You got to leave that money alone. Because if you would do everything you can to get it, it's not that you have it, it's that it has you. The love of money is the root of all evil. So you're going to find yourself in stuff you used to talk about people for getting into. Now you're in the middle of it because you're chasing money. So purposely flee certain vices. Properly follow Christian virtues. And we talk about those virtues so we're not dig down deep in them just for a reminder. Verse number 11, righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Say godliness. Say faith. Love. Patience. Meekness. You'll get them when you follow them. The Holy Ghost inside of you is to make sure what you're following you actually get. Amen. God, God, God is going to help you do right. Amen. He's not going to help you sin. If you sin, you did it on your own. If you're going to do anything good, you got to do it with God's help. I am the vine, ye are the branches. Every branch that abideth in me bringeth forth fruit. See, for without me ye can do nothing. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not by, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. It is God which worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness. Jesus, as we have done, but according to his mercy, saves us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Your entrance into the family of God, your adoption into the family of God, you're being born again by the Spirit of God, you're being regenerated by the Spirit of God, you're being passed from death unto life, you're getting your name changed from a family of Adam to the family of God. Had nothing to do with you. God supernaturally had to place you into the family of God based on your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If it took God to get you in, it's going to take God to have you live, right? No question about it. <clears throat> Properly follow Christian virtues. And thirdly, I'm sorry, practically follow Christian virtues. And thirdly, properly fulfill your commissioned vocation. Turn to the first passage, you say you have to do your job. Now, how do we do that? Let's look at verse number 12. Lay hold on eternal life. We talked about that last week. Lay hold on it. Grab it. This is an eternal perspective. I have to live with eternity in mind. Lay hold on eternity. I got to grab the stuff that counts for eternity. I got to grab the stuff that lasts forever. I got to grab the stuff that won't be tarnished. I got to grab the stuff that won't fade away. I got to live for what's going to last forever. I got to do what's going to count in heaven. I've got to obey in a way that will register at the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, I've got to quit wasting my time talking about foolish conversations, running around doing in mess. I got to stay out of drama. I can't run with people that are headed nowhere. I can't waste my time in waste 
wasted uh, relationships. I can't fool around with fool around with fair weather friends. I can get caught up in discord conversations because those things will not register. They will get burnt up as wood, hay, and stubble. I've got to lay hold on eternal life. I got to walk past people that ain't up to nothing. Listen, I have to chase relationships that are lasting, that have eternal impact. I have to have an eternal perspective. So from the moment I wake up in the morning, that alarm clock goes off or the body wakes up and my foot hits the ground. I get out that bed. I say, I got a job to do. I'm living for the Lord. So let me go downstairs and let me read something that's going to last longer than a television show. Let me read the word of God. Let me talk to somebody who lives in a world out of this world. Let me give something to somebody that's going to help them get somewhere after they leave planet Earth. Let me live in a way that my life impacts people for eternity let me quit wasting my time only one life so soon it will pass only what's done for Christ will last only one chance to do his will so give to Jesus all your days it's the only life that pays when you recall you have what one life your life is as a vapor it appears for a little time and then vanisheth away for that ye ought to say if the Lord will we will do this or that all such boasting is evil therefore to him that know to do good and doeth it not to him it is teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom life's short live it up no eternity's long lay it up what did you do this week that registered in eternity come on who are you running with? I mean, just quit. You just, just wait. It's seven days, just gone. Just, just did a whole bunch of nothing this week. Is that you? I don't make enough money. Nobody pays attention to me. They overwork me and don't pay me enough for what that got to do with what you do for God. My job got me doing all this stuff and they don't even recognize. What that got to do with you getting up in the morning and cracking, cracking, cracking your Bible open? Talking to God. Your boss can't keep you from talking to God. Amen. Amen. My coach doesn't give me enough playing time. Coach Jesus said you can play as much as you want to. But when you get in the game, do something. Run, jump, slide, foul, do something. Eternal perspective. Write this down, number two. Lay hold on eternal life. That's an eternal perspective. Now look at the next stage. Whereunto thou art also called. Write this down. This is an established position. Lay hold on eternal life. Intentionally seize that which equates with eternity. But then he says, whereunto thou art also called. Now Paul's talking to Timothy. Timothy's reading this letter. Come on, let's picture Timothy. Everybody go like this. This, this Timothy. I got the past of these people. I'm a young man. I got these older people. They think they know everything. Nowadays, Timothy, if, if, if Paul writing to Timothy, he'd probably say nowadays, you got past the young people. They think they know everything too. He's nervous. He's nervous. Yeah, we can tell. 
Because he, he says to him in another passage, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation, faith and hope and charity and patience. So, so here's what Timothy said. I'm, you know, I'm younger than them. How am I going to get them to follow me? He said, before you get them to follow your exhortation, give them your example to follow. Live the Lord before them. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. So now he says to him, whereunto thou art also called. Here's Paul, father in the faith, talking to Timothy. Timothy, you got to fight the good fight of faith. Here's how you got to do it. You got to lay hold on eternal life. You got to make sure you have an eternal perspective. But you got to remember you have an established position. Here's what I don't want you to forget, Timothy. You ain't doing this thing because your grandmama said your head was shaped like a preacher. You're not doing this thing because you got lucky and you know how to put a few phrases together and you know how to hum and hum and hum. That's not why you don't. No, 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 no. Timothy, you've got to do this well. You've got to do this right. You've got to do this successfully. You've got to do this regardless of what everybody else does because you have been called to do it. Somewhere in the building, someone's saying, well, this is, this is, this message has taken a turn for my favor now. Because I am not called to preach. No, but you're called to something. You're called to something. As a matter of fact, if you're saved, you have been called to fight the good fight. And we know that all things work together for good. Yeah, this is the part you don't really pay attention to. The, that first part, you, everybody knows. All things working together for my good. All things are working together for my good. I, I ain't worried about it because I know he's working it out for my good. Not if you're out there partying and acting a fool. He ain't working it out for your good. You working it out for your bad. Finish the verse. Finish the verse. All things work together for good to them that love God. Everybody says, oh, I'm kind of love him. I love him. I love him. To them who are the called. Ah, look around you. Everybody here. You're the called. You're the called. Called what? According to God's purpose. 29, 29. For whom? That's the called, us. He did foreknow, and can't nobody foreknow like God. Foreknow, before no, no beforehand. God knew you before you knew yourself. For your mama knew you, for your daddy knew you, for the doctor spotted you on the sonogram, for they knew what gender you're going to be before you were even noticed, before it even came up with two lines on the thing saying your wife was pregnant. God knew your child. Before you came along, God knew you, formed you, shaped you, ordained you, and established a purpose for your life. You can't go out in this world and live how you want to live because you have a calling. You have a calling. Well, it don't really matter if I go to church because I'm not the pastor. Yes, it does. Because you've been called to go to church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 25. You have just as much responsibility to be here as I do. If you understand you've been called. Timothy, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you get up 
in some mornings and go, I don't really feel like doing this. Tell yourself, you don't have a choice. You've been called. Now, for those of you that are in here, you, you men in here who have been called to preach, I would say to you, even with more intensity, the next time you want to throw in your calling for something convenient, just remember who you're throwing it back to. There was a divine source of my calling. There's a, excuse me, there's a designated spot of my calling. God is the source of our callings. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. How many believe God doesn't make a mistake? Did he mess up when he saved you? Weren't we just singing, he saved you. He raised me. He healed me. He filled me. We love him song. He saved me. He raised me. He healed me. He feel me. Then you take it up and love him, Pascal. Take it up. He saved me. He raised me. He healed me. He feel me. I mean, it's getting up to love him. Then you turn in person. He saved you. He raised you. He healed you. He feel you. Here's my next two words to that. For what? Don't get happy about what he did. What you doing with it? Save you for what? He saved me so I didn't have to go to hell. If that's the only reason he saved you, why didn't he take you straight to heaven when he saved you? Come on now. He kept you here so that on the way to heaven, you look like you're headed there. You take somebody else with you. That you walk like a citizen of heaven even though your body resides temporarily on planet earth. You have been called. See, I rehearse this in my mind all the time. I was saying to someone recently, uh, what, a, what a joy in life it is. To God be all the glory for it. What a joy in life it is to be fully assured of the fact that I am absolutely doing what I was called to do. I mean, some people... Don't enjoy that. I'm not, I'm not condemning you. I, I just feel sorry for you. I mean, I, I walk in some places and I tell people, think about this. Think about it. Look around. Look all around. Look up there. Folks in the balcony everywhere. everywhere. Do you realize that all of us could decide for the rest of our lives we're going to travel a different place every single week until we die. And let's give all of us a hundred years of lifespan. So all of us today decide we're going to travel a different place every single week, sit in a different church every single week until we die. And we got a hundred years to live. Do you realize that after all that traveling of all the places in the world, there is no way that this congregation of believers would be assembled in this place today except for the work and the will of God. Do you have any idea what's happening right now? As a pastor, I'm privy to a little bit more than most of you, but I know some stories. Listen, 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 listen. I, I ain't crazy. Listen, I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. I know good and well. Some of you jokers would have never ended up in this place were it not for the grace of God. Somebody ought to pause right there and give God praise. 
Amen. Better than that. I said, give God some praise. We can hear. For some of you, it wasn't long ago when you, you didn't only resemble a fool. You epitomized one. Come on. We don't need you to come up here and tell nobody. It wouldn't be very pleasant to hear. But you ought to rehearse it in your head. I'm up in here on a Sunday morning in the house of God reading 1 Timothy chapter 6, dissecting words in the Bible to find out what they mean so I can live them. And just five or ten years ago, I was never thinking about church. Some of you have to go back to 20 or 30 years. You know what you used to drink, what you used to smoke, where you used to hang out, who you used to talk about, what you used to do all night long, who you used to criticize. You know how you used to act. You know how you used to spend your money. Here you are, some of you not only putting money in the offering plate you up here collecting it I know what you used to be so the next time the devil comes along and says, I don't feel like going to church I don't feel like reading my Bible I don't feel like fighting a good fight of faith I don't feel like doing right I don't feel like raising my children I don't feel like staying married to this wife you remember something when you were lost and undone without God on his son headed to split hell wide open Jesus reached down in the mire clay and the muck and mire of debauchery and depravity and saved your soul redeemed you Picked you up, turned you around, placed your feet on solid ground, changed your direction to up and not down, gave you an opportunity to win some crowns, told you you could be in the lost and found, rescue sinners from hell before they drown. Listen to the day that the trumpet's going to sound when you and I are going up and not down. Muhammad couldn't do it. Buddha couldn't do it. Mary couldn't do it. The Pope couldn't do it. Baptism couldn't do it. The church couldn't do it. Your mama couldn't do it. Your daddy couldn't do it. Your doctor couldn't do it. Your lawyer couldn't do it. But God did it. You've been called to something. Called. I don't think I can convey how real that is to me. See, this is not a job to me. This is a calling. And and this is how my mind works. Like, like, I don't, I don't have a discussion with me every Sunday over what I'm doing. We don't, we don't, me and myself don't talk about it. Because me and myself have already been informed by I where I'm going. It has nothing to do with the weather. It has nothing to do with my fatigue. It, it, it has nothing to do with how somebody treated me. It has something to do with I've been called. Now, there's some other things I might not do today. Me, myself, and I, we have to discuss those things. And I might win. Me might win. I, myself might win. Sometimes we're unanimous. But about this thing? I'm, I'm, look. When you pull up to a restaurant, you expect to eat. Come on. When you come to church, you ought to expect to eat. I just believe that. Peter, Peter says, feed the flock. 
Feed the flock. I'm glad to shake your hand. I'm glad to make you feel welcome. I'm glad to have an auditorium that has a climate where you at least don't feel like you're freezing to death or burning to death. I'm glad to wave at you. I'm glad to clap with you. I'm glad to stomp with you. But it would be a travesty if you came to this service, tapped your feet, clapped your hands, felt good, shook somebody's hand, waved at somebody, saw what somebody wore and decided whether you thought they should, and left about here hungry. This is not a massage party. This is not a social club. This is not a hookup uh, endeavor. This is the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And hungry people ought to show up here and eat. So, So I have a calling. But you have a calling. Whereunto thou art so called. What's your calling? You're saved. Saved is different been lost. Come on. Let me say it again. Saved is different than lost. Let me just play with your head a little bit and see if you enjoy it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, let me say that again. I said, therefore, if any man be, well, pastor, you don't know what I did before I got saved. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you don't know my criminal record. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you don't know how high I used to be. Jesus will take you higher. If any man be in Christ. So you got to know who you're talking to sometimes. He's a new creature. You want some Greek? Here it is. Metamorphumai. That's the Greek word. Metamorphumai. To change completely in appearance, to radiate from the inside in a way that produces the obvious on the outside. Scientifically, metamorphumai is manifested in the process of caterpillar, cocoon, butterfly. Metamorphosis. You ever heard of it? Caterpillar comes, crawls into a cocoon, something happens, and he comes out a butterfly. Now, come on now, come on. This is a deep crowd. I know, kids, you're out of school. School's not on the weekend. You didn't come to church for homework. But let's, let's come on, let's tickle the reins of your brains. Come on, give me some deductive reasoning. Here's a caterpillar. Here's a butterfly. They look alike? Nothing alike. Do they move alike? Does a butterfly crawl like a caterpillar? Does a caterpillar fly like a butterfly? But was the butterfly a caterpillar? Is the butterfly a caterpillar anymore? Did something happen between caterpillar and butterfly to ensure that the caterpillar was no longer a butterfly? Even though he doesn't look anything like he was, he still knows he was what he was. Listen to me. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Let's get rid of this Christianity where people supposedly get saved but still look like caterpillars. Stop blaming your past for why you're still slugging on the ground, moving slow and ain't going anywhere. Well, I'm saved, but if you know what kind of family I came from, you don't fly because of the family you came from. You fly because of the family you've been adopted into. 
Where unto are also called. Let me give you the last one. Otherwise, I'm going to be right back here again. And I still might. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Eternal perspective. Lay hold on your eternal life. Established position. Divine source and a designated spot. Make sure that gets in your notes. God calls you. He's the source and the spot is where he's placed you. The place of service. But then he says, has professed a good profession before many witnesses. This is an echoed profession. Echoed, echoed. You know, echo, oh, echo, 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 echo. Right? It's hard to really demonstrate an echo. It's the best I could do. Echo, 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 echo. Hey, here's what Paul says to Timothy. Fight the good fight, son. Do stuff that matters in eternity. Why? Because you've been called to do it. But here's the third part. Not only have you been called to do it, you went around telling a bunch of people that you were going to do it. You have professed a good profession. Watch this now. He's saying, Timothy, you messed up, man. You messed up big time, man. You got saved and you went out there and told everybody you got saved. Guess what? Now you got to act like you saved. That's what you get for putting all your business on social media. Uh Uh-huh. Go on and put a picture of yourself that you know don't look like you. Make yourself up. Put all your features the way you want it. Get all your shape the way you want it to be and say, this is me. Here's the problem. Somebody eventually is going to run into the real me. And you can, you can have somebody look at you and say, hey, hi, my name is Joe Blow. And have, show them a picture of your social media. This is what I really look like. You know what they're going to tell you? I don't care what you're showing me. I can see you. You know what the problem is with Christianity? We're living in a fairy tale world. We think Christianity is what we present. No, 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 no. Christianity is what we perform. Okay, you're, Christ did the performance when he saved you. But now that you're saved, you should perform like you are a Christian. Every once in a while, it starts raining outside. I mean, just pouring down rain. And you hear what you do like some fools. It's going to rain today? Oh, no. It can't be raining. The weatherman said it's clear. Dummy, it's raining. What are you looking at your phone for? What's the forecast today? Let me look up weather.com. What do you need to look at weather.com? Walk outside, put your head out there, and it gets wet. That's the forecast today. It's raining today. We ask some of you what kind of Christian you are. Well, just look at my Facebook page. It says I am. No, 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 no. We don't need your Facebook. We're looking at you. Your life. You have professed a good profession among many witnesses. Whether it was Timothy saying it when he got saved or whether. Could you imagine being in the service the day Timothy surrendered to preach? I remember when I. I swear to preach, I was nine years old. God called me to preach. 
Fourth graders. I don't believe God calls fourth graders to preach. You would believe God calls fourth graders to preach if you were a fourth grader that got called to preach. I remember on this altar, right about there, I laid my head down on that altar and I told the Lord, as best as I know how, I'm going to use my life to impact my generation. Right there. Right there. And, and then I really messed up. I got up and I told people what I told God. I'm going to reach my generation. I'm, I, look, I'm going, I'm going to that community center over there and I'm going to make an impact for Christ's sake. Now, some of these guys are here I see Rashad's up there. Chad's here. Rashad walked out, got saved here on January the 28th, 1996. I was here. He came, he came out that back room, got saved. And he and three other guys, uh, Sean and Kevin and Brian, all got saved from that rec center. Had been inviting come. And then they went home and got that boy standing on the wall back there and said, you need to come to church or you're going to hell. That's what they told him. He said, man, I don't want to go to hell. I'm coming to church. <laughs> That's right. I think they're sitting right up in here somewhere. That one, that one. This one? That one. That one. And they got to end the service, and they said, well, if you're not saved, come forward. And they looked down at him, and they pushed him out in the aisle. He said, what y'all pushing me for? They said, just go walk up there, boy, walk up there. He got said, that's been 26, seven years ago. Teenagers getting worse. You better pray for the youth director around here. You better pray for him. Pray for him. I did it for 12, 13, 14 years. And I'm still preaching teenagers all over America. It's a hard job. When, when we were dealing with, when I was dealing with youth ministry years ago, we were dealing with peer pressure, staying pure, hip-hop music. Struggles, difficulties. Didn't, they didn't have cell phones yet. And all, so had a, two top issues for youth groups today suicide and gender confusion Amen. Amen. I don't, I'll tell you what if I was brother Andre I'd be doing shut up you know how hard it is to deal with teenagers you better pray for that man and his wife and you better help him you, you, you folks around here that don't have kids that want to evaluate all the parents, be one first. It is a challenging job to raise our kids. None of us know what to do. And you can do it all right and they still go wrong because God's done it all right with us and we go wrong. So why do we keep doing it? Because we were called. And then we made a profession. Now, here's what I want to tell you, and then I'm done. Some of you are living in a way in your Christian life that contradicts your profession. You made promises to God, and you echoed those promises to many witnesses. You said, I got a voice. I'm going to sing for the Lord. 
I got a gift I'm going to teach in the church. I got a talent. I'm going to use it for the Lord. I got a spouse. I'm going to be faithful. And life happens. Challenges come. The devil gets busy. The flesh stays wicked. And little by little, what you professed, you no longer persist to do. Listen to Paul. Fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has made a good profession among many witnesses. See, I have a problem. I have a problem. Here's, here's, here's a problem in life that my parents will tell you it's not a, it is not a new diagnosis for me. This is a problem that we were well aware that I had early on in life. You probably are aware of it. I have a big mouth. I do. Here's the problem with that. I've spent 30 some years with this big mouth talking about serving the Lord. Here's, here's the problem. If I decide to quit, you know how many people are going to tell me, oh, no, you're not. You told me to serve God. You signed my Bible. You preached. Now I'm going to church. I preached at a church this week. A young lady came up to me and said, I was sitting in that seat when you preached my graduation. Now I've graduated from high school, went to college, got my master's, taught privately, studying for my doctorate, and now I'm preaching. Now, now what happens to that girl when I decide? I'm not fighting anymore. Here's what I want you to think about today. Everybody you've told you love the Lord, you're serving God. If you quit fighting, every single person is going to demand an answer. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. You told me you love God. You told me you're serving God. You invited me to church and I show up and you're not even there. You told me to read my Bible, Mama. I don't see you reading yours. You taught me to soul win. You don't soul win. You told me to be modest. Look at you. Come on, folks. We got a job to do. By the grace of God. Let's say it together. Say it again. How? Here's how you're going to do it. Purposefully flee certain vices. Practically follow Christian virtues. And properly fulfill your called vocation. You may make the wrong turn on your way home from church on accident. You may leave the rice in the pot and burn it on accident. You may forget what time the evening service starts at 6 o'clock on accident. 
you may miss calling someone you love on their birthday on accident. You may put on the wrong tie with the wrong outfit on accident. You will fight the good fight of faith on purpose. Nobody will do that on accident. Our Father, help us. We got a job to do. Sometimes we have to shut our mouths and just do it. We just have to do it. Help me to know when to shut it up and just do the job. Do the job. For our young people, our parents, our our singles, our seasoned saints, we are all in a fight. Help us to help each other. Please, Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. I have Bible reasons to prove it. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. God bless you. Put your hands down. How many pastors say, I'm in that fight. I, I, wanna, I want to properly fulfill my called vocation. I, I understand the challenge. This lay hold on eternal life, this living to my calling, this remembering my profession, it is a challenge, and it's a challenge for which I, I welcome prayer. If that's you, would you put your hand up? God bless you all over the building. We're praying with you and for you, working together. Put your hands down. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand, anybody like that? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Anybody? Thank you. God bless you, young man. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you, young lady. Some of these folks that are coming in on our vans, we, we want to do our best to help them. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. And one of our workers will be here after service. Our, one of our deacons and wives be glad to talk to you. We would never embarrass you. We, we, we're no better than you. We love you. This, we're not here to beat you up. We, 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 we getting beat up out in the world right with you. But, but we got help. And we certainly want to give you help, too. Anyone else? I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anybody else? Our Father, bless every single child of God, trying his best, trying her best to do right. Work in us, work through us. We're in a fight. <laughs> we got too much to do to be caught up in nonsense. Give us a better focus, more commitment. And give us more resilience in these last days to finish strong. 
in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen.